Welcome to the latest episode of the Brush Builders Union podcast. I'm your host, Simon Berman, and general president of the Brush Builders Union. I am joined this month by the one and only John Swinkles of Privateer Press, their convention manager, here to talk about all things Adepticon and maybe a little bit about the new Orgoth faction coming out. John, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How's everybody doing? It's the, it's the day before I leave for Adepticon. I bet it is for you too, right? It is, in fact. Yeah, I get yeah. on an airplane tomorrow. Yeah, same here. I, I, I wonder if we're on the same plane, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Fair enough. But uh, yeah, man, it's good to talk to you. You've been well since everybody from Privateer. Lots of cool stuff going on. Um, I think most excitingly right now is the fact that you know we're going back to Adepticon, and it's been a minute since anybody's done that. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, that's kind of the one that got away just before everything went into lockdown, so it's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I remember it was it was really sad, right? Because like you know they they kept like pushing it back and having to be like we don't know what's going on, and then it was like well nobody's doing anything now, <laughs> right? Oh. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to get back. I haven't been there since 2018 myself, so I, I missed the last in 2019. But uh, I, I can't wait to get to Schaumburg, Illinois, and, and play some games and see some stuff. But uh, so, what is, what is Private here bringing to Adepticon this year? Uh, so, I mean, to a certain extent, mostly ourselves and uh, some awesome stuff to look at. Uh, primarily in the form of the P3 Grandmaster painting competition, and then as well, uh, Eric has physical copies of the previously mentioned Orgoth models and stuff for people to ooh and awe over. Oh, right. So if you're at Deptic, you'll be able to see some Orgoth stuff in person. Live and up close. Hell yeah. Touching. Yeah, I bet a lot of people are stuck. I, I want to come back to just talk about Orgoth later, but uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's mm-hmm. talk more about Adepticon. I'm stoked. You know, one of the things I love about Adepticon is all the painting competitions. You know, historically, that's where the biggest painting competitions in the country were. And I think uh, the P3 Grandmaster is going to be there this year. That is correct. Yeah, we decided to do it at Adepticon for multiple reasons, and not the least of which is that's just the convention to do it at, right? We've we've had versions of it at Lock and Load and Gen Con and you know a couple other places in the past, and Adepticon is just it to me. It has always been the hobby show as far as miniatures conventions are concerned. So it just that's where to do that. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been to shows all over the world, and as far as miniatures go, I don't think you can do much better than Adepticon. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to anything regarding the hobby. Like all I do in the off hours when I'm not in a booth is literally sit over in the painting area and just talk shop. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I, I love the most about Adepticon is it's one of those rare events that has um, a fully painted requirement for all of their events, right? So whatever you're playing, whatever you bring to play, your opponent's going to have a beautiful fully painted army and it's going to look good and it's going to feel great. And I, 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 I get so excited about Adepticon because of that, that, you know, it's the show I know too. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, and that's like, I mean... And that perfectly dovetails into everything that you try to do with Brush Wielders Union. You're like, a, a painted army is going to be amazing no matter what quality it's painted to. Yeah, I mean, you know, that old three-color standard, you know, I, I get people who, call, who you know, are like, I just started painting and my guy looks like crap. I'm like, no, man, it's cool. Like, just, just that little yeah, bit looked, of work. It, yeah, it looks painted, my dude. Like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me more about the, the P3 Grandmaster, though. Um, so, I mean, it's for Privateer Press models only. But beyond that, you know, what's what's the format like? How do you like who can enter? How do you enter? Um, so it's it's probably one of the most accessible painting competitions that I'm familiar with uh, because literally anyone can enter. Yes, it's it's privateer models using, you know, like as much as possible privateer prints and stuff like that. But as far as what you can enter, it's anything from any of our lines. There's different categories. And then, of course, there's the Grandmaster for that which our judges determine is the best of show so to speak but yeah you just bring your stuff to the booth we check it in we've got some forms for you to fill out uh you can find them on the internet if you want to fill them out ahead of time 
we get it checked in. It goes into our pretty glass case, case so everyone can see what you submitted. And then the judges go through, pick their favorites uh, for each of the different categories. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the overall. And then the best part is when you come to pick up your minis after the winners are declared, you get to hang out with those said judges who will then also give you some critiques, some things to look forward to, and really invoke that spirit of you're not competing against everyone else. You're competing against your previous best efforts. Yeah, um, I've always like you know back back when I worked at Privateer, it was always fun just you know getting to see everybody check in their stuff and the the, the, the variety of different kinds of painting stuff like different painting styles. You know, some people paint like the Privateer house style, some people paint in other styles or bring like you see some wild stuff at the, the Grandmaster you don't necessarily see in other painting competitions for other companies. I always think it's really cool. Um, yeah, absolutely, and the. Like, because you're going to have Eric, right, as one of the judges, as well that's, as that's Eric Swenson, our, right? Absolutely, you know, and he's also one of our primary studio painters, and you know, he's a master of non-metallic metals as well as fur, and he's going to do it completely different than any of the like even the studio painters we've had in the past. Yeah, so every- getting those different takes on everything is so eye-opening when you get kind of stuck or hit a plateau. A hundred percent, and Eric is such a talented painter too. Um, Actually, if you're listening to this, you can you haven't heard already. I interviewed Eric for the Brushworks Union podcast a couple of years ago. He had a lot of really cool stuff to say about non-metallic metals and other painting mm-hmm. techniques and painting to a tabletop standard and stuff. And he's he's a he's a he's a great dude with a really really like holistic sense of miniatures painting. And that's one of the things I like about Eric is that you know certain people who certain judges when they get to miniatures painting uh, competitions, they're really so focused on that 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 competition level painting. They're not interested in painting to a tabletop standard anymore just to get your guys on the, on the board. I think it's cool that Eric has, uh, he comes at it from a, a number of perspectives, right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, you there, there has to be that get it on the table mentality when you're just looking to play some games, right? Uh, as some as people in the past have said, their favorite color is done. Other yeah. <laughs> people will tell you that perfection is the enemy of done or good enough. And yeah, sometimes... Depending on what your what your stakes are and what you're looking to do, sometimes it's just about you know getting three four colors on a model, making it look the best you can, and being done. Yeah, I mean it depends on the, on the game and you know what your goals are too, right? Like you know some people have their 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 army that's you know their real showcase models, and you know and other people are just like I you know I don't want to paint my 18th Winter Guard, right? Like he's getting, <laughs> he's, right? he's getting his face and his coat and his gun, and he's he's good to go. Yeah, like, am I am I doing assembly line or am I putting this in display painted, which is perfect segue into basically like our aspect for the uh, armies on parade at Adepticon, right? Yeah, exactly. So you can either get them out there to play, or if you really want to go all out and just you know crank it to eleven, so to speak, you can get that army and board together so that it can be all set up in the grand main hall and everyone gets to walk along and vote on their favorites and stuff like that. It, it's just awesome. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. So um. You bring your stuff to it. So, so what are the categories in, in Grandmaster? Uh, so Grandmaster, you've got Iron Kingdoms. So that's like any single figures of all sizes, including the huge bases, bus, battle groups, etc. Um, but not exceeding uh, f- uh, four to eight models. Or sorry, not exceeding four models, no units exceeding eight models. And that can be anything from Mini Crate, Riot Quest, all that good stuff. Anything Iron Kingdoms themed. And then you have Diorama, which is any scene from any privateer press line. Followed by Monster Apocalypse, which is any of the following monsters, units, uh, buildings, uh, and then uh, those units not exceeding eight models. 
and then Warcaster, which is any figure or group of figures, once again, not exceeding eight models. And the only reason we have that limitation is there's only so much display case. Right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more than that, you're you're looking at display painted slash armies on parade. Yeah, no, that's that's a whole other other thing, isn't it? Um, so I, this is maybe the first time Warcaster will be having a painting competition, won't it? Uh, first time it'll have any uh, official privateer backing. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, that's cool. So I guess Warcaster came out right at the beginning of the pandemic too, didn't it? Basically, right as the, uh, the pandemic was hitting, it was, oh, it was going into fulfillment mode. Um, so yeah, that that was fun. Cool. Well, I mean, it'll be exciting to see all that stuff there. Uh, so uh, you bring your stuff, you put it in the case, and then they judge on Saturday, on Sunday. Uh, so basically, we have to have all the stuff in by tiny print. Uh, all entries not collected by um, wrong thing. That's when you have to go pick it up. It's all in the rules on the website, but uh, the winners are announced uh, Sunday, March 27th at 11 a.m. Super uh, cool. And we'll we'll note it in the booth and then we'll blast it out online because we've got all our fun photography and social media stuff there. So we'll get it all blasted out. And then you're going to want to come pick, in, pick up your stuff so you can talk to the judges. For sure. Uh, so show up at Adepticon, fill out the entry form at the booth, and you drop off your entries anytime between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Thursday or Friday. Right on. And I see you said you're going to be able to see some of the, the entries online. Oh yeah. Like basically as they, as they, uh, as they come in and we, you know, we're not completely slammed at the booth. We're going to go through, take pictures, put stuff up and let everyone see what's going on. Cause cool. so that's follow part of the fun, right? On your Instagram and Facebook, I assume. You got it. Awesome. Um, so actually here's some questions. So obviously it's a competition. I remember how it used to be, but it's been many years since I worked there. So how does, what do you, what do you win and how does judging and all that stuff work as far as like the actual like rankings and, and prizes? So each of the, each of the entries is judged on merit per, you know, per the judge. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to be their call, so to speak. And then, uh, and that'll go through each of the different, uh, categories, uh, based on the quality of the entry. So for example, in a category with 30 entries, there might be four gold, five silver, 13 bronze, or eight entries with no award, right? Like it, it, it just depends on the quality. And then there'll be an overall winner for each category selected from those models that have earned a medal. And the title of P3 Grandmaster will be awarded to one entry, the best place in the competition or the best piece in the competition. Um, and we have honorable mentions to award out. I even have uh, a good number, though not infinite number of the P3 Grandmaster entry pins. So you enter your, your mini, you actually get the P3 Grandmaster entry pin. Oh, cool. So you're going to want to make sure to get that in there. And then, of course, uh, the winners in each of those categories will either get coins or trophies based on their entries. Right on. They win. Oh, and it's a, what, first, second, third place for, uh, pins? Or, yep. or coins, rather. Coins, I should yes, say. Yes, coins. Yep. Yeah, the the pins are if you if you bring it in in the entry times and get it in on time, then uh, you get the uh, the pin for entering into the competition. So you can brag to all your friends like I did a thing. Super cool, and uh, I assume there'll be some post convention like put blog posts and stuff showing all the winners off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's rad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think honestly, though, for me, the most appealing part of the competition is being able to get that time with the judge afterwards, though, right? Like, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, no matter how, how you place. Exactly. Other than you like, you know, like say on a Twitch stream or like if you get lucky enough to get some FaceTime at a convention or what have you, how often do you get to sit down and talk to them about your model specifically? Yeah, I mean, even five minutes of, of conversation, like, you know, what, what can I do better? What am I, where am I, what am I doing well? That's so valuable exactly. as a painter, no matter what your level is. 
Yeah, because you're you're always going to be able to hear something that maybe you hadn't considered. Yeah, I mean, it's cool because you know I I would be if I was gonna be able, if I could have room to pack miniatures, I would want to bring a couple of minis to have enter the competition, knowing full well that I'm not even going to place right, but just being able to be like, hey man, what do I need to do to do better? <laughs> Well, yeah, and like as I as I said, you know, like right at the beginning of this part of the discussion is it's not necessarily about how you do against others. It's how you do against your previous efforts. Like, are yeah. you improving? Are you getting better? Can you look back at your most recent thing and say, this is the best thing I've done this far? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's almost like getting, you know, a little uh, little capsule critique from a, a world-class painter, no matter how well you do in the competition. I think that's awesome. That is exactly what it's like. It is, in fact, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that having been said, so uh, that's going on with what What else is the Privateer booth like at uh, Adepticon this year? Uh, so the booth is, you know, kind of kind of general fair. I mean, we've we've had this pandemic thing happening, which has led to all kinds of fun and stuff. So the big star of the show, as far as the booth is concerned, outside of the competition, is going to be Count Morgrave, which is our Baron Morgrave alt for Warcaster. And I don't know if you've had a chance to see the the picture of it that I haven't yet. Uh, Clay Williams one of our other uh, studio painters. Uh, it's awesome. Whereas the original one is like one, two pieces, kind of a static pose. This one is much more dynamic, very flowy cape. The thing is like five pieces of metal. Oh, cool. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I was dry fitting one together uh, a couple days ago, just to, just to, so I'd be able to answer any questions if someone came up and it, it's, it's a gorgeous mini. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how people get him painted up. That's rad. So he's, he's going to be available at Adepticon for sale, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can't make it to the show, you'll also be able to get it at store.privateerpress.com. Oh, cool. Very cool. I'll throw a link into the uh, the show notes about that. But um, so what else? So you got that to you? Are you bringing like a selection of other stuff or is it just show exclusives or what? Yeah, we'll have we'll have a selection of some other stuff. Uh, we'll be doing uh, the thing that we've been doing at uh, conventions. Uh, this being the third one since the <laughs> pandemic hit, but uh, we're going to be doing buy one, get one free on all the starters for our games. So folks that haven't had a chance to get in yet or want to expand their army options, will be able to take advantage of that. Um, there's going to be some cool stuff in the swag bags that uh, I will let the Adepticon staff uh, promote here shortly. All right. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some fun stuff going on, but I think mostly people are going to be there for the painting and for the events. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, so are you going to have P3 paints for sale? Oh yeah, good. I've got, I've got, I've got at least, at uh, least a number of every color. Awesome, because I'm, I am there. I'll be at your booth first thing to get a couple of them for myself. But <laughs> <laughs> they go, they go fast. It doesn't matter how many I bring. I know. Fast. I know. I need, I need to, I need brass balls. Mine is my, my eight year old bottle is just about done, and it's one of my go tos. So I need to. So needless to say, I'll see you Thursday morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Wednesday night even. Um, but uh, yes. Oh, I should also mention that you know, if you're a Brushholders Union, if you're a full member with a membership booklet. You can still bring it to the mm -hmm. to the Privateer Press booth for a uh, ten percent discount on select items, right? That is correct. You just bring your bring your passbook. Uh, make sure it's this year's, and uh, I've got the stamp ready to go. Super cool. Yeah, thanks again for doing that. It's great. It's always it's cool being able to work with you guys on stuff like that. Oh, well, I mean, you you literally embody play it painted. So I'm all yeah. about it. <laughs> um, cool. So that's the booth. Oh, what's your booth number, by the way? Four zero one. Right on. So go to booth four zero one to find Privateer Press. But uh, and then of course I assume you got a bunch of events going on too, right? Yeah, bunch of events for every one of the games. Uh, casual play all weekend long for everything. Uh, you can get you can get tickets for that though 
so that you can actually like get your table space locked in because yeah. sometimes that's at a premium and you're going to want to be able to grab a seat. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you've got one, two, and three monsters versions of Crush Hour for Monster Apocalypse. You've got skirmish events for pretty much all the games, but notably also Warcaster. Um, you've got your qualifiers for War Machine Hordes for the Iron Gauntlet that once again will be occurring uh, at Warfare Weekend later this year. Uh, Who's the Boss special event, which is obscenely fun spin the wheel find out what your caster is going to be and you go running off with your normal army list and a random caster that the wheel determines your fate on right so you might have like a car list but suddenly you've got to play it with asphyxius right that is it that is almost exactly what happened to me a couple of years ago but with, Fiora, <laughs> with Fiora too. yeah yep you got it <laughs> yeah so if, if you're listening to this and you haven't played war machine before one of the things you should plug your aware is that a war machine army as soon as you replace the Warcaster, or for Hordes for the Warlock, uh, you know, you can have all the same units, but that army becomes a completely different army because of the way it plays under that that general, essentially, because of their spells and feats and other powers yes. and stuff. So, you know, in Very some cases, different. you might be getting, like, a pretty cool bonus. Like, you know, normally there's things that are considered overpowered that you wouldn't be able to do, but suddenly you have a Warcaster that lets you do all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> or you might have a Warcaster who doesn't work with, what you're, with your list at all. Yeah, you could have Armored Core with Fjord and be playing into a Menoth army that's immune to fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you could be like, hmm, all right, well, I guess Juggernaut, you're going to do some work. Yeah. No, who's the boss is always a fun form. And I, I think what's really cool is that you guys provide all those painted warcasters, right? Yeah, usually uh, depending on who's who's the host for that event has, has a selection of really awesome stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't have that warcaster, you're, still gonna, you're not going to have a proxy. You're going to have the figure on hand provided. Correct. For, for, yeah. for so, your... uh yeah, for that uh, event only, yeah. I should say. For uh, yeah, for you got to give it back. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, depending on who's running it, like either Andy or Tyson or a couple of the others that do it would get a little cranky. Um, they will find you and they will get their caster back. Yes, they will. But uh, yeah, I, I love I love who's the boss. It's such a such a cool format. Um, so you've got so for War Machine, you got who's the boss. You've got just general open play. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some tournaments, I assume, right? For War Machine and Hordes. Yep. As I mentioned, uh, there's the uh, Iron Gauntlet Masters qualifier uh, happens on. I think the first round is on Thursday on the 25th and that'll go through the rest of the weekend. Uh, you've got same thing for uh, Warcaster, though not an Iron Gauntlet because it's Warcaster. Uh, you have the primary tournament. Uh, you've got a two player team tournament for War Machine and Hordes as well as a best of three vanilla Riot Quest tournament. Oh, and cool. of course, the Crush Hour events I mentioned for Monster Apocalypse. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so actually, uh, when you're talking about Iron Gauntlet, um, so it's a qualifying event. What what is the Iron Gauntlet uh, tournament track this year? So the the tournament track is various uh, various folks have applied and you know been granted the ability to host a qualifier at different events, uh, Adepticon being one of them. And as they go through and get their points together, they get that stuff submitted to our organized play coordinator, which is Lauren Lauer, and then at they get their invite to the iron gauntlet event at warfare weekend in november cool where is warfare weekend this year or where is it always uh, st louis st louis yeah it's st louis so uh basically a little bit more centrally located and that and gonzo puts on a great event so we're like yes let's do that let's make it easier for everyone to get those points because we've been rolling the points over during the pandemic since there was no iron oh gauntlet it was canceled in 2020 of course Right. So we've been rolling those points forward. So lots more people have a chance. So I'm expecting a pretty robust tournament this year. Yeah, that's rad. Um, 
So as far as Iron Gauntlet, what, what is the actual tournament play format like for that? Uh, for this one, it's Masters. Okay. And, and for if you're, not, if you're not super familiar with War Machine, what is the Masters format like? Uh, so basically, you're looking to make it into the top four. So it's a 75-point event that feeds into the final event on Sunday with the top four qualifying for Iron Gauntlet. Right on. And so you're going to play those games and get to the Iron Gauntlet. And there are, there are prizes for, the, for winning the Iron Gauntlet, the qualifier as well. You don't have to necessarily get to the finals to, to win some cool stuff. Correct, right? yeah. I packed I packed uh, some fun stuff, and then uh, Travis and others have some some clever ideas as well. Right on. Uh, and is the, uh, is the Warcaster tournament format sort of similar to that in terms of how it plays? Uh, kind of. So the, all the rules for any of the individual events, if you're not super familiar with them are also available on the event site for Adepticon. So you'll be able to be like, okay, not hundred percent sure what I'm supposed sure. to do here. It's all there. Otherwise everyone would be confused. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the Neo Mechanica, uh, Warcaster primary event, uh, is a one list format and it and primary is what we call our our main format versus say skirmish uh, and it's just it has to do with the number of units on the table etc cool. uh, it's a three round event and uh basically you get cracking and try to beat face right on um so actually here's what i want to ask um if you're coming to adepticon and you you haven't played a private your press game before you haven't played all of them are you gonna be able to demo all these games at the show yeah, there will be uh, static uh, tables for Warcaster, uh, Monster Apocalypse, and Riot Quest. And then as far as War Machine Hordes is concerned, there's going to be a bunch of open tables since that one tends to, you're going to want to sit down and go through the whole thing. Sure. So you, you get you get a full game experience if you're playing War Machine or Hordes as a demo. Yeah, and there's going to be a bunch of people that will have, you know, looking for another player signs and stuff like that. And you just grab a seat and learn to play nice. from one of the awesome people in the community. That's cool. And the other games you'll be able to demo in the booth, or are those also in these uh, games? Those are also be in the event hall. They'll just okay. have their own little dedicated table. Sure. You'll see Charles or Lauren or, you know, any, you know, Matt Gatz or any of our other staff there in their shirts ready to show you how to play. So actually, speaking of Matt Getz, did you say there's going to be any RPGs supported to Adepticon, or is it just mini stuff? Uh, it's mini stuff this time around. I'll have a few copies of the uh, of the RPG products uh, from Wec Requiem, just in case anyone missed it and hasn't had a chance to uh, to pick it up. I'll have some of it there. Um, obviously, we'll have more of it at some of the other events. But yeah. since Adepticon is so focused on the minis, oh, I didn't sure. want to. I didn't want to pay for a bunch of freight that uh, I would just have to send right back. No, I completely understand. I just curious. I know there's there's a fair amount of crossover and in, in interest between. Them. There is, and so I wanted to make sure to have have some of it there, and I'm sure people will take the opportunity to pick Getz's brain about various things. Uh, yeah, Matt Getz, as you mentioned, he's one of the lead developers of the game at this point, right? He is. He is so, yeah. indeed. Um, and yeah, so while there's not a specific event, he will be there, and during show hours, I'm sure you can pester him with all the questions you can muster. And you should absolutely go up to Matt Getz and tell him all about your character. Hundred percent. That's that's what he's there for. That. He loves that. It. Is that is what he lives for? <laughs> In fact, Matt actually does like to hear about people's characters. But... He does actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun to pretend that I'm about to die after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I, actually, I know exactly the sigh that he will make when he hears that this this conversation happened. Right. I, it, it's got a very particular tone to it. Yeah. Like, that you just know, like, hey, is that Matt Getz? <laughs> But no, seriously, though, if you're, if you're at Adepticon and you have any questions about the RPG or just the setting in general, Matt, Matt is a super cool dude. He loves talking about the setting. You should definitely go talk to me. He, 
Yeah, and you can you can also ask me about it or Travis and any number of other people that have touched it and love it. So yeah. and we're we're all a really big fan of the fact that we get to make these RPGs again. Yeah, no, that's very cool. I'm glad to see him back uh, in a having a, a new lease on life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of new leases on life, I uh, I hear the Orgoth are back. Uh, they are, um, and they brought some friends, and uh, they've learned a thing or two since they got their butt kicked. So, to actually, to start. Why don't we? So, for anybody who's listening, may not be super familiar with War Machine and Horde's lore. Uh, why don't we tell us who the Orgoth were in the lore and why it's a big deal that they suddenly return to the game, or actually say come to the game for the first time? Right. So basically, uh, the the really short version, because you can get into lots more stuff. A lot of the lore is going to be in the in the RPG, both the original, you know, way back in the day, starting with the Witchfire trilogy, as well as some new stuff in Requiem. But basically, as far as the Iron Kingdoms are concerned, about 400 years ago, there were no Iron Kingdoms. There was just the Orgoth ruling over everything and making every other part of humanity's life miserable under the yoke and chain of their oppression. So at a certain point, a deal was struck that gave those who were subjugated and oppressed access to magic. And between that and some of the mechanical things that they made, i.e. warjacks and a few of the weapons that they have, they were earned to, able to turn the tables on their oppressors and be like, uh, you get out of here. We want to you know, dictate our own lives and screw everything up on our own accord instead of having uh, you tell us how to do it. So the Orgoth got kicked back across the uh, Meridius Ocean. And basically, ideally, never to be seen or heard from again. Well, and as I recall, they had, they had a lot of sort of infernal demonic allies in their their their. Oh, oh they did, Stramorant, and they? they're they're not necessarily the same cabal as the ones that were part of the reclaiming that just happened about five years ago, as far as the uh, Iron Kingdom's timeline is concerned. But they are somewhat related, and uh, yeah, so they're they're angry. Uh, they did not like getting kicked off the continent and they would like to resubjugate the continent and they've learned some things in the time they were gone because when you battle someone with muskets and basically scale mail covered in horrible faces and they have gatling guns and electro swords you don't come back in that same right type of armor with those same type of weapons you come back with new stuff Super cool. So if you've had a chance to see any of the art or the new minis that uh, Eric Swinson painted and that we've been sharing in Insiders and stuff on the Privateer Press website, you'll see that there has been, there's uh, they've done some work on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> they've done some examination. Some self-care. And, uh, and, uh, and they're ready to try again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and see if they can be the best version of themselves they can. Good. And so what, what, what does the best version of themselves look like these days? Uh, the best version of themselves looks uh, not a ton different. There, there's definitely some differences, but uh, uh, they definitely stepped it up as far as their their overall technology level. They they have obviously learned how to harness the the concept of a warjack as well as some of the mechanical weapons. Um, they are still, you know, like not far off of Crix and a few others when it comes to sea power. And they look to have expanded and escalated on that front as well. So I, I, I think it's kind of cool because I, I, it was always true that the the Crixians sort of had kind of stolen some of the Orgoth's own tech in the first place, hadn't they? Yeah, and I mean, that's to a certain extent also where the concept of stuff like War Witches comes from. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some there's some overlap there, but like how the Orgoth, you know, see 
what uh, Crix and the the minions of the Dragon Father have done with that stuff and and the the crossplay there will be very interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I, I always like when you have like some weird corners of your setting meet in some interesting way like that. I'm kind of kind of stoked to find out more about it. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of that is going to continue to be explored both in War Machine and Hordes, and then of course in the RPG because that's really one of the best vehicles for the narrative. Oh yeah. So as far as the Orgot go, um, we've talked a little bit about you know the lessons they may have learned from the last time they they got their asses kicked by uh, the people of Western Emirin. But uh, you know how, how do they play as a faction that makes them distinct from say Crix or Kador or Trollbloods? So with with a lot of the different factions, you're going to have a a sliding scale of like their aggressiveness. And while there's still you know playtesting and other stuff happening as well as you know you know finalization of development and stuff, right now, basically turn the aggression scale to eleven. They they are they are invaders, right? And you don't you don't get to do that from the without being on the front, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they're going to generally be very in the face, very harrying, very getting right up there. There will be some variations in there, but that that's probably if I was going to pick one word, aggressive would be yeah. the first one I'd go to. They're an army that's going to take the fight to your opponent. That's that's what I'm aware of, but of course, yeah, sure, you're, you're not anything can change, but. Uh, but yeah, that's that seems to be one of the underlying ideas. That's cool. Is there anything about them that makes them unique as a faction? Um, so there's, you'll you'll notice that they've got some friends with them if you're looking at the, the, art, right? So they've got uh, they've got winged cavalry, which is already like, uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got the Ulcor, which look like they might be related to you know. Uh, Trollkin and various other races over here with the red skin and just you know like you know, like beefy jaw lines and like just really look like they want to punch you in the face and then maybe bite it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just I would expect that their their warjacks are going to do very fun and interesting things related around subjugation. That's cool. So I mean, yeah, I mean, they 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 were slavers back in the day, right? That was one of the reasons the Emirates Emirates hated them so much. So yeah, they are very obey the fist. Yeah. Yes. when they come up against the scorn that'll be interesting yeah like, i'm actually really really looking forward to like the narrative turns that that you know gets and others come up with for that because that's the first place i'm looking yeah like is. philosophically i imagine they have some things in common right you'd think so but except for the scorn think it should be them yeah naturally right right and so i mean there's your conflict right there yeah. <laughs> Is is all the it's all the tyrants and stuff from Scorn are like, but me. I mean, we call ourselves tyrants. <laughs> <laughs> We're not so good at being the 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 chattel, if you will. Super cool. Um. So, but I think it's, it sounds like they've, they've almost got a combination of warjacks and and beasts to some extent. I'm not saying they don't have the, the, the hordes um, mechanics, but it looks like they have kind yeah, of that, that they're, they're combination, definitely, right? Yeah, they're definitely on the work more. Uh, Blah, on the war machine side of things with war casters um but yeah they definitely have some some cool stuff going on there the first element 80 millimeter base is in theirs and that's oh, wow. the siege to rask and i don't oh i saw that, that. that's cool like, everyone's like oh that's a big war beast no that's a solo <laughs> yeah. that's a solo oh man it's a yeah it's a character solo so i mean i'm pretty sure that he's you know like he's a he's a onesies but still wow right 80 millimeter solo is is in and of itself that's a pretty new. big departure from from what people have expected to see in a war machine army. 
Yeah, a little different than like the Kadoran Huntsman or whatever, right? Like Right. Or yeah. like you know, like even like a Greylord Forge seer. Like he's right. he's a he's a beefy boy, but this is the beefiest of boys, if you will. No doubt. That's that's really dope. Um and again we talk about the place So so when are we gonna see our first Orgoth for sale, if you can talk about that at all? Um, I I haven't seen as far as like a, a production schedule for them yet, so I'm really not entirely certain. Like I said, there's still internal play testing going on. But as as soon as we have a good idea and we know that we'll be able to hit that sure. concept, we'll we'll be shouting it from the rooftops. Right on. But presumably it's not that far off if you guys are starting to preview them at this point. No, generally generally if we're willing to talk about a thing, you're gonna see it before too long because Yeah. I mean, what's the point in getting the hype machine starting to roll? Right. You're not going to be able to like act on said hype at some point in the near future. For sure. So are they going to be a full-size faction? Um, so they, there's a little bit of a misnomer in the way that things have progressed with War Machine and Hordes. I This is kind of more me speaking, but I don't know if there is such a thing as limited or full faction. Anymore. Okay. I, as if, if anything, everything is a full faction going forward like as you as you see these things coming out or you know expanding or what have you yeah uh, what we have shown already is not all of the orgot there's definitely more um so as far as if, if i have to answer yes or no to if is this a full faction the answer is yes it is but like what that, that much of anything these days. looks like it yeah it doesn't it doesn't fair enough it doesn't I, quite I think, fit i think the, the heart of the question really is is are you able to buy a buttload of cool orgot models yes that's what people want to know, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. If if you're looking at these guys and you're like, I want that, is there more? The answer is yes. Cool. Yeah, I think that'll make people happy for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean that's the that's the simple, sweet, and honest answer is if you like it, we got more. Right on. Cool. And again, you know, you get your first chance to see them in person this week at Adepticon. So yep. uh John, I can probably let you go in a minute. Um sure. We both got a lot to do before the convention tomorrow, but is there anything else you want to talk about at Adepticon? Any shoutouts you want to give? Uh, and you're just super stoked to see personally. Um, I mean, it, it always comes down to the painting for me. Like, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I have not gotten anywhere near the amount of painting done during this last two years as would have been benefited from you know working from home and things like that. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite parts about Adepticon, especially all conventions. Uh, but Adepticon primarily is the amount of inspiration I get to go home and paint. So oh, I dear, just, no. Just sitting and talking with people and watching what they're doing and seeing what they're doing and like trading those tips and just talking the philosophy of the hobby and just this, that, and everything else and just soaking it all in. I usually get home and I'll crank through like a new army. Yeah. Yeah. Usually whichever army I, I bought at Adepticon that I swore I wasn't going to. Usually, yeah. yes, or board game that I've yeah. decided that like that like screw it, I'm gonna paint every single one of these little plastic things, I, even, I would though, be there's a full and, even though there's 135 in them. <laughs> yeah. Done it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, I will see you in Schaumburg in just a couple days. I I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, probably see you tomorrow, Sean. All right, I'll see you at the airport. <laughs> yeah. Have a great flight. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. All right. Be well. Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm-hmm.